Luke and the book of Acts are both written by Luke. Luke was a Gentile convert to Christianity. He was a second generation Christian. He was not one of the original disciples. Luke and the book of Acts are actually two separate letters written to somebody by the name of Theophilus. Theophilus, it is believed by many that he was a Roman official of some sort. The way that Luke addressed him as most excellent Theophilus leads to the understanding that Theophilus was probably some sort of a Roman, uh, Roman politician, uh, some kind of an important figure in, in the Roman government. And so these two letters are written by Luke to Theophilus, who was apparently curious about Christianity. The first letter that Luke wrote ended with the story of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and his ascension. The second letter, the book of Acts, begins with the ascension. It, he picks up the story and continues to tell it. If you can look at it that way, Luke is volume one and Acts is volume two of the same story of Jesus Christ. This morning, I'm going to read to you from both Luke and Acts of the same event, the ascension of Christ. Luke chapter number 24, verses 50 through 53, and then we'll go to the book of Acts chapter number 1. I have been accused of preaching Acts a lot. For that I am guilty, and I admit it, and I don't apologize for it. Luke 24, verses 50 through 53, and then we'll go to the book of Acts, chapter number 1, verse 8 through verse 11. Luke 24, if you found it, say amen. amen. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Verse 51, it came to pass while he blessed them. Everybody say, while he blessed them. He was parted from them and carried into heaven. Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. This was the same event reported two different books. And while he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. 
which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. He's coming back just like he left. I want to preach to you on the power of a blessing. Lord, I pray that you bless your people. I ask you, God, to anoint me to preach. Let it be your word, not mine. Let it be your spirit, not mine. Let it be your anointing, O God. Anoint ears to hear, hearts to receive. I pray, God, anoint minds to understand. Let revelation and understanding of your word come on us. Help us. God, to receive from you what you have for us. And God will give you the praise and will give you the glory and will give you the honor for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise this morning as you're being seated in the presence of the Lord. We read in the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 24, that the last thing that Jesus did on earth in his physical body before his ascension was that Jesus blessed his disciples. Luke 24, 50 and 51, which we read a few moments ago, says he led them out as far as Bethany. He was climbing, ascending the Mount of Olives. And he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. It came to pass while he blessed them. Everybody say, while he blessed them. In the middle of him speaking that blessing over them, the Bible said he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. The idea of blessing someone is a powerful theme in the scriptures. The word blessed as used here by Luke in its original Greek language, it means to make happy, to speak the favor of God over. It means to prosper them, to speak well over them, to speak good to them to fare well, to speak benefits over someone. Amen. I like that kind of stuff right there. I like blessings. The Bible says that he blessed them. He made them happy. He spoke the favor of God over them. He spoke for them to prosper, to be well, to do good, to fare well. He spoke benefits over them. I will tell you that when God created man in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter number one, that the very first words that God spoke over humanity 
was a blessing from him. You can find it with me in the book of Genesis, chapter number 1 and verse number 28. The Bible said, and God blessed them. Everybody say, God blessed them. God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. From this passage we see that the very first thing that God ever spoke to humanity was two great things that he wanted to bless his people with, fruitfulness and dominion, fertility and authority. God wants his people to be fruitful. Amen. God wants his people to progress and grow and have abundance. And God wants his people to walk in dominion and authority and power and in his strength. That is the first blessing that God put on humanity. But sin is the enemy of the blessings of God. That's a good place for an amen. Sin is the enemy of the blessings of God. The effect of sin and its spread brings the opposite of the blessing. It brings a curse on humanity. Beginning in Genesis chapter number 3, we begin to see the effects of sin on the world and on the sinner as it begins its progressive unfolding. What the Bible, what Paul called in Romans, the motion of sin. In Genesis 3.14, the serpent was cursed. In Genesis 3.17, the ground was cursed. Also, the woman was cursed in childbearing. And the man was cursed that by the sweat of his brow, he would have to bring forth fruit from the earth. In Genesis 4.11, Cain was cursed. In Genesis 9.25, Canaan was also cursed. And we see the advancement of this principle that sin brings the curse on mankind. The result of sin then is the nullification of the blessing of God. That where God would bless, sin removes the blessing of God. I will tell you today that God gives everyone the ability to choose whether to be blessed or to be cursed. Amen. Deuteronomy 11, 26 through 28, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. If you can imagine this, this phrase, I set before you, it is reminiscent of the idea of someone setting a table in front of somebody and setting on that table the options between two choices. On one side, you have the most beautiful well-cooked ribeye steak that there's ever been in the history of the universe. And on the other side, you have a can of red beets. I have set before thee a blessing and a curse. I think the beet is the direct result of when God cursed the ground. Personal opinion. I don't have any research to back it up other than my taste buds. And so I know I'm right. I set before thee a blessing and a curse. I put on the table in front of you an option. You get to pick what you want. 
You get to choose what you would like to have in your life. A blessing if you obey, verse 27, a blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandment of the Lord your God. You have been given today, my brothers and sisters, you have been given today a choice by the Almighty God. We can choose the blessing of fruitfulness and dominion, or we can choose the curse from God. It is a choice that all of us get to make. Amen. I wish I could make the choice for you. I wish I could make the decision for you, but I don't have the ability to make that decision for you today. That's something you're going to have to choose yourself. Can somebody say praise the Lord? I will tell you that as for me and my house, we're going to choose the blessing of the Lord. I choose the blessing of God. I choose the Word of God. I choose the hand of God. I choose the favor of God. I choose the fruitfulness of God. Amen. I choose the blessing of God over my life. And so God advances this idea of the power of a blessing in the, in the book of Numbers, chapter number 6. In Numbers 6 and 23, the Bible says that speak unto Aaron and to his sons. Aaron was the high priest, the, the brother of Moses, that God had directed Moses to make Aaron the high priest and his sons, the Levites, the priests, over the people. In Numbers 6 and 23, speak unto Aaron and to his sons, saying, Oh, this, why, on this wise, on this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them. I will point out now that God commanded the priests, the spiritual leaders, to bless the children of Israel. Amen. The blessings came from God. This is an important point. The blessings came from God, but they had to be spoken by the priests. Amen. It's an important point. The blessings came from God, but they had to be spoken by the priests. I will tell you that there is something very powerful about when church people and church leaders are together in unity for the purpose of God's will. Amen. There is a blessing that comes when pastors and church people are working together to see the work of God go forward, to reach souls and to see the blessings of God. I am so thankful. I am so thankful for the blessing that I have of working with you folks that love souls and love God and love working for God and love reaching people for God. It's a blessing. Amen. You can say praise the Lord. I have known pastors. I've known pastors that all they ever do is complain about their people. I remember when I was a, a young evangelist, 19, 20, 21 years old, I was preaching in South Florida, and I was preaching for a pastor that might very possibly be the meanest person I ever met in my life. He was, he, he was, he was a very small individual when it comes to physical stature, but he was constantly berating the church, that whole revival. It was nonstop. He was never happy. There was no way he could ever be happy. It, it seemed, Brother Patton, like it pained him to say anything good 
about anybody. And, uh, and, and during the course of that revival, his pastor died. And he went away for 10 days to, uh, to, to the funeral and all of the f- events that were happening in another state. And he said, just stay here and preach and just have revival and just have church. And while he was gone, the church gained about 40 people. And when he got back, it lost about 40 people. I've known pastors that all they do is complain about their people. I've also known some people that all they do is complain about their pastor. You can say amen. Don't worry. I'm not mad this morning. I'm tired, but I'm not mad. I've known some people that they never can. They never are satisfied. No matter what, it's never good enough. No matter what you do, it never will satisfy some people. But when you get the people and the pastor together, there is a release of the blessing of God that comes on a congregation and a church. Amen. I don't believe God wants to use a critical pastor. And I don't believe God will use critical people. But when the people and the pastor get together for the work of God, you can see people filled with the Holy Ghost and changed and touched by the power of God. Amen. Praise God. And so the blessing, everybody say, the blessing comes from God. Go ahead, say, the blessing comes from God. But God chose to use the man of God to speak the blessing. God didn't just bless the people on on his own. He said, tell Aaron and his sons to bless my people. You speak to Aaron and you speak to the priests and you tell them, on this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel. You've got to open your mouth and speak a blessing. This is an important point when it comes to blessings because blessings can't be thought. You can't sit there and just think, bless him, and it do any good. You can't just sit there and wish in your heart, God, I wish you'd bless him. God, I wish you'd bless that preacher to preach sort this morning. It's not going to work if all you do is just think it in your heart. And don't you speak it either because I'll add to this message. (laughs) It'll be a curse. You can't just think a blessing. Oh, God, I wish he'd bless that person. You can't think it in your mind. For a blessing to be enacted, you've got to speak the word. You can't just think good things for your kids. You've got to speak good things over your kids. Amen. I, I got this from Bishop Wilson, who got this from his daddy. I don't like it when I hear parents say, my kids, are bad. that's a bad kid, or that's a rotten kid. You know what I believe? I believe that sometimes what we speak with our mouth comes true in the actions. We ought to say, God, bless our children. God, bless my family. God, bless my boys. God, bless my girls. Because a blessing has to be spoken. A blessing has to be spoken for it to be enacted. So God told, told Moses, he said, you tell Aaron and his sons that they've got to speak blessings over their people. Hallelujah. Y'all going to let me preach a while this morning. Amen. He said, he said in verse number 24, the Lord bless thee. He said, here's what, your, here's what Aaron and his sons need to tell the people. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The word keep means to hedge about, to guard, to protect, to preserve, to save, to reserve, to attend to. So you know what I'm preaching this morning? I'm asking God, I pray you bless these people and keep these people. Keep a hedge about them, God. Guard them, 
Protect them. Protect their marriages. Protect their children. Protect their finances. Protect their health, oh God. I pray a blessing over this congregation today. I pray a blessing over everyone watching online, everyone listening over media, everyone that's in this place. I speak the blessing of God over this congregation, over this church people, over every husband, every wife, every young person, every child, every man, woman, and young person. I speak a blessing, God. I ask you to keep this congregation. I ask you to keep their families. I ask you, God, to keep their marriages together. I ask you, God, to keep their homes together. I ask you to keep their family relationships strong. I ask you, come on, can you believe what I'm preaching right now? It's the power of the blessing of God. And then he didn't stop there. He went on in verse 25. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. Amen. The word shine means to illuminate or light up. God, that your face would light up their life. Oh God, let your face shine on the men and women and young people and children of Bethlehem Church. God, let your face illuminate their life. Let your face lighten their life up, oh God. Don't let them be in darkness. Don't let them dwell under the darkness of depression and discouragement and despondency while the world is falling apart outside these walls. God, let your people have the light of your face on their life. I'm talking about the power of the blessing today. Amen. And be gracious unto them. God, I pray. The word gracious here means to stoop down in kindness. What it literally means is for somebody to, that's powerful to stoop down to somebody that's less powerful. It's like a parent that has all the strength when a child is scared or a child is hurt. And that parent doesn't just say, it'll be okay, but that parent gets down and that parent hugs them and puts his arm around them and say, it's going to be all right. You're going to be okay. You're going to be able to make it. That's the idea of graciousness. It's when a God in heaven comes down to somebody that is wounded and try, tired and sick and weary and afflicted and that God from heaven gets down and reaches his arms around his child and God says, you tell the priest to speak that blessing of graciousness. God, I'm praying you come down for your people and wrap your arms around them in their sickness, in their trial, in their pressure, in their stress. When they don't know what to do and they don't know what the tomorrow holds, God, wrap your arms. Be gracious unto this people. It means, it, it means furthermore to grant mercy on to direct favor towards. God, I'm asking you to direct your favor towards your people. I'm asking you, God, to bless your people. I'm asking you, God, to let your people be so blessed in this end time hour that a world that has turned their back on you, that a world that thinks you don't exist anymore, that a world that thinks that Christianity is gone and that it's all in science and secularism. God, you bless your people to the point you direct your favor towards your people that the people in the world can see that there's a value in serving you. I'm preaching the Bible to you. God, I direct your graciousness to this people, Lord, your favor. 
Hallelujah. I mean, I'm, I, I can't, I, I've got about six sermons on hell. One of them's an hour and 10 minutes long. I timed it one time when I preached it. I mean, I can get it out. If you don't like graciousness, we can, we, I mean, I set before you a blessing and a curse. Verse 26, the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee. That word countenance is the same word as face that was in verse 25. The Lord make his face shine on thee. And there it's to lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. That when you're in a time of turmoil and struggle and you don't have peace in your life, it's like the Lord lifting up. It means to rise up almost like the sun rising over the horizon and vanquishing the darkness of the morning that when the sun rises up, the light begins to come. He said, let the Lord lift up his countenance. You know what I'm praying? That somebody that's been dealing with difficult situations and trials, that the countenance of God would just begin to rise up in your life that when it looked like there was no light and it looked like there was no hope, that out of the darkness came the face of God. And not only that, but when his face rises up, when his countenance rises up, that he gives you peace. I speak peace over your life. I speak peace into your home. I speak peace over your children. I, I speak peace against your conflict. Amen. The word peace here is the word shalom. He said, I, that, that shalom may come to thee, that God give thee shalom. Shalom is more than just peace. That means a ceasing from war. It means happiness, prosperity, completeness, health, tranquility, contentment, wholeness, wellness. God, let that come into the lives of your people. And God said, you tell the priest, you tell Aaron and his sons to preach Peace to the people. Can I preach a minute or two more? I hope so, because if I don't, you don't have any idea what I'm trying to really say today. Verse 27, and they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. The Old Testament speaks in types and shadows, metaphors, showing what would happen in the New Testament. What you see in the Old Testament is a type and shadow of the New Testament. What happens in the Old Testament is Jesus concealed, but in the New Testament, it's Jesus revealed. What they did in the Old Testament is to be symbolic of what would happen in the New Testament. And he told the priest, he said, you put my name on the children of Israel. You put my name over, your pe over my people, and when you put my name on them, I will bless them. Amen. When you put my name on them, I will bless them. May I tell you there is power in the name of God. We know, we know that the name Jesus is the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We know. You with me? We know that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. We know there's power in the name of Jesus. And he told the priest, you put my name on people. And when you put my name on them, I will 
bless them. When we baptize somebody in the name of Jesus Christ, it's the invoking of that name that releases a blessing in their life. Thank God for the name of Jesus. Thank God I've got his name on me. Hallelujah. Look, I, I, what I'm getting ready to preach for just a second, what I'm get, really what I'm going to preach the rest of my life is politically incorrect probably. But, but when, when my wife and I got married a long time ago, 26 years ago, amen, 26 years ago, Now look, politically incorrect, warning, warning. If you're a softy, tune out for a minute. But she took my name. That's right. But don't act, don't, don't, don't act so bad. Don't, don't act like it was such a bad deal. Reminds me of a story, this man, he was at his 50th anniversary. And he was just sitting in the corner crying. He was just crying his eyes out. And his friends came up to him and said, what are you crying about? This is exciting. It's your 50th anniversary. You're supposed to be excited. You're supposed to be thankful. He said, man, if I'd have shot her back then, I'd be getting out today. That's what he thought. That's not what I think. He gave me the choice, and I made the wrong choice. He laid, I, I, I chose the beats. And that's probably what, exactly what I'm gonna get. She took my name, but it was more than just a legal change at the courthouse, because when she got my name, she also got access to everything that my name had. So when we baptize in Jesus' name, she didn't, she, look, I, I am a father now. I wasn't then. I'm a father now. I'm a son. I'm a male child. And I have a spirit that God breathed into me. Amen. But father is not my name and son is not my name and spirit is not my name. My name is John and my last name, you can't say it, so I'll just say thee. You ought, to, you ought to hear some people trying to say my name. One guy called me Brother Vodka. I told him I told him because I was drunk on the Holy Ghost. One guy called me Brother Vasectomy. I said, because I'm always cutting up. But I hope my, my ministry's not impotent. So just call me Brother V. It's okay. It doesn't hurt my feelings one little bit. take on somebody's name, you get the authority that comes with that name. Amen. They don't say stop in the name of the badge. They say stop in the name of the law. 
because when they have that badge on their, on their shirt collar, it says that all the authority in the law stands behind that badge. I'm not standing against you by this piece of metal. I'm standing because of that law that's behind me. And when we baptize somebody in the only name, under heaven given among men. When you go down in that name, he said, if you'll put my name on people, I will bless them. There's power in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. People don't hardly write checks anymore. People don't hardly write at all anymore. You write a check and you put, you put who you're paying it to. You put the date on it. And then you, you write in the box how much it is. And then you write on the line how much that you put in the box to make sure they agree. And then on the bottom, on the bottom right side of the check, there is a place where you must sign your name. And if the name is not on the check, it doesn't matter what's on the date line. It doesn't matter what's on the pay to the order line. And it doesn't matter what is on the amount line. If the name is not on the name line, none of the rest of it matters at all because it's through the name that there is power to release funds from the account. The power to release funds doesn't come from the date, from the person's name that's being paid or from the amount on the line. The only, authority to, the only authority to release what's in the account comes when the name is written down. That's why we baptize in Jesus' name. Because when we call on the name, the authority to remit sins is in the name. When you call on my name, I will bless them. All power in heaven and on earth is given in that name. Everybody say the name right now. Say the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Say his name. We are a Jesus name church. We are a Jesus people. I said we are a Jesus people. We're people of the name. I said we're people of his name. He said, you put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. My blessing will go with my name. Woo, hallelujah. In regard to blessing, I read something that was very powerful not that long ago. I, I was reading in a, uh, a, a actually a, a, an academic journal that talked about the power of blessing and here, Here's something very powerful that I, that I wrote or that I found and I quote, blessing requires a shift of perspective. When you speak a blessing, it requires a shift of perspective from just prayer. They're talking about the difference between blessing somebody and praying for somebody. When you are blessing someone, when you're praying for somebody, you're praying for something. But when you're blessing, you're praying with something. I see the revelation didn't come. If I'm going to, if I'm going to bless brother Austin, if I, if, 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 if brother Austin needs these mints, 
And I'm praying, I'm saying, God, send him a mint. God, send him a mint. But when I'm blessing him, I'm taking something I have and I'm giving it to him. It's a different perspective because now you understand that I have what I'm giving. And when it comes to the power of blessing, when you're baptized in Jesus' name, God said, I will bless you. So you can speak a blessing over somebody and it doesn't take away from you. All it does is add to them. That's why I can stand here and I can say, God, bless Brother John Allen. God, bless him with strength and bless him with health and bless him with peace and bless him with joy. And that doesn't take my joy, my health, or my peace away because I have something I can bless him with. It's more than just praying for, but it's blessing. That's why you need to speak a blessing over your family. You need to speak a blessing over your friends. I'm tired of hearing nothing but insults all around the world all the time. People always talking down to people, always people insulting others. I want to hear people say, God bless them. Amen. Oh, yes, I'm, 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 I'm hurrying. I'm too hungry to preach this slow. When you're giving a blessing, you're not asking for something to happen. You're giving something. You have the authority to bestow like he can bless me with my mints back. I know my memory's so bad I wasn't going to remember it. This takes us back to our text. The disciples have been devastated at the arrest and crucifixion of Jesus Christ. All of the disciples except for John had run for their lives when Jesus had been arrested. John stayed with Mary, the mother of Christ. When you come to the pericope of the cross, you find Jesus hanging on the cross, and you find John with his mother at the foot of the cross, and all the others are gone, scattered, denying. They were not only afraid of, for their lives, but they had poured their lives into following Jesus. And now he is dead, and he's buried and the discouragement and depression were palpable. Peter declared, I'm going back to the family business. I'm going back to fishing. It's, I tried this Jesus thing, it just didn't work out, and so I go fishing. It's a dark time to say the least. All hope is gone. Faith is shattered. We've left everything to follow him, and now he's dead, he's buried, he's gone. And then the resurrection changes everything. Jesus is not dead. He's alive. All of the promises are back on the table. Everything he said can be true again. An emotional roller coaster. Now they're walking with the resurrected Christ out of Jerusalem and up the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives on the eastern side. The Mount of Olives is an ancient cemetery looking overlooking the city of Jerusalem. We were there, a group from our church was there a little more than a year ago. A cemetery, it was a cemetery at the time of Christ as well. This is not my message, but I love that Jesus chose to ascend from a cemetery. It was just one more way of saying, death, you can't stop me. Yeah, you, Brother Reggie said, you can't touch this. Nah, 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 nah. Somebody likes my jokes. Some of the Old Testament prophets are, were already buried on the Mount of Olives. And so the disciples and Jesus are walking up the hill through this ancient cemetery. 
and Jesus stops. And in Luke 24, 50, he, he led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hand and he blessed them. It came to pass that while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. He speaks blessings to them. And while he does so, he's carried up in the clouds, one passage says. It would seem like they're going to go back into their depression. They're despondent, going to be despondent and hopeless again. Now Jesus, their master, is gone once again. He's carried up into heaven and they won't be able to hear his voice anymore. No more interaction with the physical form of Christ. This is the end. Never before, never before would they look him in the eye. Never, never, never again would they hear the resonant sound of his voice and never again would they be able to touch him with their hands. Now Jesus is gone. I have been by many caskets when a family knows that the door, the, the, the lid to the casket is about to be closed. I've stood with many of you on that horrible day of your life when you lost a loved one. And you know as that lid closes, you'll never touch them again, never see them again. It's the most heartbreaking part of the entire funeral, that final goodbye. It would seem like that moment for the apostles. They're going to see Jesus. This is the last time. I'll never see him again. I'll never touch him again. I'll never hear his voice again. This is all. This is the end. But they don't respond this time like they responded at the crucifixion. It's not sorrow and sadness this time. They're not distraught. They're not despondent or discouraged. The Bible says in the next verse, verse 52, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. They were jubilant, they were euphoric, they were delighted. They walked back down the Mount of Olives with joy, praising and worshiping God. They were so overjoyed that they were continually in the temple praising God. Continually, they were constantly, every day, all the time, in the temple praising God. They were so happy that they just hung out at the temple praising God. Can I preach a few more minutes? Just not, not much longer, just a little bit. When, when we were, when, when, uh, when uh, oh Lord, I, I, I've, I've seen people when, when their marriage is falling apart. Pastor, can I come to the church? Can I spend time at the church? I, I need to be, I need to be at church. I got, I got to, I got to touch God and we'll, course we open the church and they're welcome to come and pray this is your church you can come and pray or or when they have just got bad news from the doctor they've got a terrible doctor's report and it doesn't look good and they don't know what's going on they pastor can I come to the church I just need to I just need to be at church I need to be in the house of God I, I just need to be close I gotta I gotta be at the house of God or or maybe they're having some some serious family issues maybe their children are giving them a lot of trouble and they're they're concerned about their children's future, Pastor. I, I, I just need to be at the church, but but I, I don't know if I've ever had somebody say, Pastor, I am so excited and happy. I know I know it's a a, a Monday morning, 
about 8 o'clock, but Pastor, I, can, can I just get in the church just to worship? Because I, I'm, man, everything, I'm so excited. I'm so thankful. I, I'm not, I, I've never had somebody do that. I've never, never had somebody say, hey, Pastor, I, I know it's 11 o'clock Tuesday night, but, uh, but man, I, I'm just so thrilled and excited about what God, can I just come, can I just go inside the church and just worship God for a while? Can I, can I just praise God? Hey, Pastor, what time you get to the church Sunday morning? If, if, can, I, can I just, when, when you go in, Will you just let me in? Because I, I just want to worship God. The Bible said that they worshiped him and returned with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. I remember when we were in Israel just a few months ago on the Sabbath as, as, as Friday evening was coming around and the Sabbath was begin to get, beginning to start. We, we were at the, the western wall, the last remaining wall of the temple, and just to the left, if you're standing at the wall, just to the left, there's a, a, a big, open, ancient room in that, in that building over there. And, and, and we, we, they have big, giant doors over that, that, that close that room off. And, and every time somebody would open that door, you would hear this, this sound, this, this loud sound. And so I kind of worked my way over, and, and I kind of looked in. And, uh, and, and one of the brothers on the trip with us and his sons from Louisiana, they, they just went right on in. And I'm just standing at the door just, just, just wondering what's going on. Somebody opens the door and I hear it and, and I look in and there's all these Jewish men and their sons and they are having an absolute worship service. They're playing tambourines, they're, they're, they're blowing shofars, which are, which are ram's horns, trumpets, and they're, they're clapping their hands, and they're, they're holding their, each other's arms, and they're dancing around, and they're singing songs, and they're waving their hands, and it is absolute. You think we ever have Pentecost around here? Uh, we, we, I mean, they're just having, they're just having church. They're just, just singing and praising God and exciting. And this is what they were doing continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. It all happened right there in the temple. They just could not quit worshiping God. Amen. Mike, but, but why? Why were they so excited? They're never going to see Jesus again. Why are they so excited? They're never going to be able to touch him again. Why are they so excited? They're never going to be able to look into his eyes. They're never going to hear his voice again. Why are they so excited? Why are they in the temple? The Bible says that when in the book of Acts version, the Bible said that while he was going, he's speaking a blessing to them, okay? Are you with me? Do I need to back up and redo the whole thing? Please say no. While he, he raised his hands and he's blessing them, that he immediately, while he's blessing, that's what Luke said, while he's blessing them, while he blessed them, he rises up. And in Acts, while they're watching him go, two angels appear. And they say, why are you staring into heaven? The same way he left is the same way he's coming back. The same way he's going is the same thing he's going to be doing when he comes back. What he was doing when he was going is what he's going to be doing when he comes back again. What was he doing when he was going? He was blessing his people. What's he going to do? When he comes back, 
He's going to be blessing his people. And that's what they were so excited about. Rome can't stop it. Pilate can't stop it. Herod can't stop it. The Jews can't stop it. The high priest can't stop it. The Roman legions can't stop it. Because when God chooses to bless somebody, and the way he left, the way he left is the way he's coming back. Let me tell you something. Can I just preach my heart for about three minutes? The Democrats can't stop it. The Republicans can't stop it. The economy can't stop it. The coronavirus can't stop it. Hollywood can't stop it. New York can't stop it. The media can't stop it. The devil can't stop it. The demons can't stop it. The world can't stop it. Because God said, I'm coming back with a blessing for my people. So here's what I'm preaching to you. You better start expecting the blessings of God in your life. You ought to start expecting revival in your family. You ought to start expecting the hand of God to move for your family. Because the same way he left is, you know what, I I believe we're in the end time. But I don't believe the church is going to be weak, watered down, and weary when he comes. I believe the church is going to be on fire with a red-hot Holy Ghost revival. Because he's going to come back like he left. And he left blessing his disciples. He left blessing his church. Now, I'll, you, you can stand. I'm, I'm closing, for real, sort of. I, I wish, I wish that, the, that, 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 that maybe just for a moment in time, social media had existed that day. Because I would love to know what Jesus said to those disciples that at the moment they knew they'd never see him again, they just could not quit shouting and praising God and worshiping God. That they went down that mountain with so much joy and they, they, were, they got to the bottom of the mountain, they were so excited, they said, let's go to the house of God. We're gonna continually be in the house of God. And they were in the house of God day after day after day praising God and thanking God because whatever he spoke over them as he was going up in the air was so powerful. Was so powerful. Look, Brother Zach, how many more scriptures I got? About eight or ten? I can preach them or you can shout. It was so powerful that when they heard it, all they could do was thank God. You know what I think he told them? You're going to get the Holy Ghost in just a little while. There's an upper room experience coming. There's an outpouring of my spirit on its way. And I know it's dark today. And I know it's hard today. But there's a Holy Ghost outpouring on its way. Let me tell America 2021. Let me tell the world 2021. I know it's been rough. I know we've had pandemic. I know we've had financial trouble. I know there's race trouble. I know we got all that problem. But let me just tell you, there's a Pentecost on its way for America. There's a revival for the people of God. And it ought to excite us so much that we worship God and thank God with expectation. I've come to preach a blessing over your life. Anybody need a blessing today? Anybody need an upper room? If you, if you want what they had, you got to do what they did. 
I said, if you want what they had, you got to do what they did. And what they did was they rejoiced and thanked God because his blessing was on them. I've come to tell you today that no matter what goes on in this world, I'm expecting a Holy Ghost revival in the house of God. I'm expecting to baptize people. I'm expecting signs and wonders and miracles. I'm expecting breakthrough. I'm expecting healing. I'm expecting deliverance. I'm expecting baptisms. I'm expecting the Holy Ghost to fall. I wish somebody praised God for the blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich. And it adds no sorrow with it. I wish somebody just thank him. Maybe you're not used to shouting like some of us shout. That's okay. We're not going to make you do it. But why don't you just thank God for the promise of his blessing. I preach to you the word of God. The same way he's going is the same way that he's coming back. bless thee and keep thee. May the Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. May God bless your family and may God bless your marriage and may God bless your relationships and may God bless your children and may God bless your business and may God bless your job and may God bless your finances and may God bless your mind and your body and your spirit. May God bless you with all manner of spiritual blessings. May God lift you up when you get down. May God encourage you when you're discouraged. May God heal you when you're sick. May God pick you up when you fall down. May the blessings of the Lord be upon you. I wish somebody just thank him. I wish a mom and dad would just go ahead and reach out your hand right now and claim your promise for your children. Claim your blessing over your children. Why don't you do it right now? I know we've got some parents here concerned about, about your kids and concerned about the future. Why don't you just go ahead and say, God, I to receive your blessing over my family. Some of your husbands and wives, you're stressed. Your marriage is stressed. Your home is under pressure. of this world and the things of this life have brought pressure that strained your relationship. You're hoping for the best, but you're fearing the worst. Why don't you just lift your hands to heaven all over this place, every husband and wife. God, I pray your blessing over these homes, over these marriages. In the name of Jesus, I pray you bless these husbands to be tender towards their wife. I pray, God, that you bless these wives, oh God, to be understanding of their husbands. I pray, God, against conflict in the home, and I pray for peace. In the name of Jesus, let your face shine upon them and be gracious, oh God. Let your countenance rise up and give peace. In the name of Jesus, I pray, oh God, Lord, for those who are struggling with physical ailments in their body, pain, sickness, disease, injury, 
God, we know you are a healer and we know you're able, God. So I pray a blessing for healing over your people today. God, there's people that their budgets are stretched. Prices keep going up. Inflation is an issue. Gas prices are up. The pocketbook is strained. The wallet is strained. The bank account is strained. And God, we don't know what to do. We don't know how you're going to make it happen. God, I know one thing, if I'm faithful to you, you'll be faithful to me. So God, I pray a blessing over your people today, over their finances, oh God. In the name of the Lord God, I pray a blessing. Come on, read. now look, here's the thing about a blessing. You've got to speak it. You can't just think it, you can't just wish it, you can't just hope it, it's gotta be spoken. Moses tell Aaron and his sons to speak thus over the people. Wherever you put my name, I will bless them. I want you to lift your hands to heaven and just say the name of Jesus over your situations, over your family, over your trial, over your test, over your burdens, over your trials. In Jesus' name, God, I release the power of your great name, the anointing of your name, God, I release it. Come on, does anybody need to pray? Does anybody need that touch from God? Anybody need that reassurance from the Holy Ghost? It's going to be all right. You put it in God's hands, it'll be all right. It's the power of a blessing. It's the power of a blessing. Come on, speak a blessing to somebody. Wiley, I speak a blessing over you in Jesus' name. I pray God bless you, mind, body, and spirit. I pray God bless you with anointing and direction. I pray God bless you with conviction and strength, God. I pray God bless your decisions, Lord. God, I pray your blessing on Wiley. Come on, you gotta speak a blessing for it to work. You gotta say it. God, I speak a blessing over Aaron, over this young man's life and his work for you. God, I speak a blessing over his mind, his spirit, over his convictions, God. I pray you give him strength and renewal. I speak your blessing over him, God, by the authority of your word. God, let your countenance Rise up on him and be gracious. Let your face shine upon him and give peace, oh God. Come on, can you speak a blessing over somebody? In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Brother Reggie, give me a hand. In Jesus' name, I speak a blessing over your life. I speak a blessing over your family. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood for you and for yours. I speak the blessing over you. By the authority of the Word of God, I speak hope and help and strength and direction. Power of your Spirit, Lord. God, I speak peace and grace over his life. The direction of the Holy Ghost. In the name, come on, you got to speak a blessing. Amen. A husband ought to take his wife by the hand right now. And ought to just reach out. If you're not close to him, you ought to just stretch your hand over towards him. And begin to pray a blessing. Lord, I bless I bless Sister V in Jesus' name. I bless her in her spirit. I bless her in her heart. I bless her in her mind. I bless her labor for you, God. I bless her emotions, her heart, her work, oh God. I pray a blessing over her in Jesus' name. I pray a blessing over my children. God, over Ellie and Kate, I pray a blessing over their lives. I pray a blessing over their future, over their decisions. God, I ask you to bless them in spirit. I ask you to bless them with grace and mercy, oh God, with strength and power. Come on, are you doing? I, I'm preaching something that is a biblical principle. 
that if you learn the value of releasing blessing to other people, that blessing will always find its way back into your own life. When you learn that you can bless somebody without diminishing yourself, you find out that God's hand can move. God, I bless. I bless our guests today. I pray you bless them with hope and help and favor and strength. Oh, that's right. Come on, I want you to find somebody to bless. I want you to find somebody to pray a blessing over. Blessing is a serious business in God's eyes. The whole, the whole line of Abraham was released by the blessing. When Isaac put his hands on Jacob and blessed him, it altered the direction of history. There's power. Brother and Sister Dunwoody, I pray a blessing over you in Jesus' name. I pray you, God's hand over you, Elder. I pray God's hand over your family, over your decisions. I pray the hand of God to touch this good couple in the name of Jesus and give them help and give them strength and give them direction to encourage them in the name of the Lord. I pray, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, that's right. Why don't you just reach over and pray with somebody and just ask God to bless them. Look, I, I know we're not jumping over pews right now, but there's a power in the Holy Ghost being released. In the name of Jesus, God, bless this Nicole and Brother Jamie with your blessing over their family, oh, oh God, over their work for you. God, I pray you bless their marriage, bless their children, oh God. I pray you make the crooked places straight, bring the mountains down and raise the valleys up and release, oh God, your blessing over them. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray you bless parents who have lost children this morning. I pray you would encourage them, give them the right words to say in the right way. Give them the right prayers to pray. In the name of Jesus, give them grace and mercy and peace and direction. In the name of the Lord, touch our young people whose parents don't serve you, God. Give them the encouragement they need to keep going, to make it to be strong. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That's right, pray one for another. There's some, there's some powerful spiritual transactions. There's some powerful spiritual transactions taking place in people's families, in people's homes. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
Come on, can you say amen to that right now? Can you sing amen? say the Lord wants you to be blessed turn to somebody else and say the Lord is for you encourage somebody today he's for you he's not against you he's for you he's for you he wants you to be blessed amen what a word this morning can we give the Lord a hand clap for the word that we received